Today is Tuesday, December 27th. The title for our devotional is Jesus, Our Deliverer. Yesterday, we took a quick look at how Jesus saves us from our sins. That's the primary emphasis in this text, because the text says, for he will save his people from their sins, Matthew records the angel saying. The word also, however, carries the connotation of deliverance. Matthew 1, 21 to 23, let's read it again. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's what the angel says. Then Matthew notes, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. We see this usage of the term at play in the Christmas story of Jesus being our deliverer in Zechariah's prophecy in Luke's gospel. Let's read that, Luke 1, 67 to 75. His father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. There's our words, salvation. As he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Here, Zechariah is pointing to the historical usage of the term through Joshua, the Hebrew name for Jesus. In the Exodus, God, through Moses and Joshua, delivered the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt and the oppressive hand of Pharaoh. In the process, he gave them the law and allowed the people to worship Yahweh freely as his people and led them to the place he had prepared to give them, that is the promised land. This, Zechariah prophesies, God is doing again, but on a much grander scale. This deliverance of Jesus is fundamentally spiritual. God renews the inner life of his people and creates a new humanity in which the results of the sinful nature, those things like oppression, abuse, anger, rage, malice, etc., are done away with. Although God's power of deliverance is fundamentally spiritual, it certainly extends to the physical as well. In Jesus' ministry, we see Jesus exercising power over physical creation, even its most menacing components in the calming of the sea of Mark 4, 35-41. He heals the sick in Mark 5, 21-43. He casts out demons in Mark 5, 1 through 20, and he even raises the dead in John 11, 38 to 44. Jesus gives this same authority then to his followers who do some of the same things in the book of Acts. The big question on this topic is related to our everyday human experience. Why doesn't God always exercise this power over creation and the effects of sin, things like disease, death, and demons? Now, why do Christians get sick and die when other believers are praying for healing? Why doesn't God always heal? Some would say that it's a lack of faith on the part of the sick or the persons praying for the sick. This is incomplete and untrue according to scripture and oftentimes downright cruel. The lack of faith may explain one instance perhaps, but it is not sufficient to explain all circumstances. There is a lot to consider on this topic, things like the sovereignty of God and the value of suffering, which we won't get to all of that here of course. But I think the answer lies for our purposes today in the already but not yet era of redemption history that we currently live in. We have experienced deliverance in part, and we see it at work in our world in part, but not yet in full. Some are healed and others are not. Some are delivered from oppression while others are not. It's tragic, but we can maintain hope that what Jesus has brought now in part, he will bring in full upon his second advent. We have tasted it, and then we will taste it in full. We have his promise at the end of Revelation that we can trust in. In Revelation 21, 1-5, we read, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. 
I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making all things For reflection time today, in the midst of the pain and suffering we experience in this world, and perhaps you're experiencing now, express your hope in Jesus for the future and final deliverance of creation from the effects of sin. Remember that he has proven that he has power over the physical world and the effects of sin in his life and ministry. Therefore, we can trust that what he says about the future deliverance of creation from the effects of sin, he will carry out. Hear the voice of the one seated on the throne saying, Behold, I am making all things.